1: Hello and welcome to the Outlier podcast, the podcast for everyone who is interested in building better homes. My name is Anthony and I am the founder and lead designer of Outlier, and I'm passionate about creating beautiful and high performing homes. I sit down regularly to chat with industry experts to help educate Australians about the potential of creating healthy, comfortable and energy efficient homes. Whether you are looking to build your forever home, renovate your existing house, or simply eager to learn more, tune in every month wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you join us on this journey. I've been very fortunate with the journey of this podcast to chat with many experts and knowledgeable people. As new people come to the podcast every week, we want to take all the highlights and helpful information from previous discussions, to provide them to you to assist you with your own high-performance home journey.
0: In, in terms of the performance, how do you actually measure all of these different things, that performance factors that you look at? Yeah, well, there's uh, there's lots and lots of different tests that windows have to go through. So there's an Australian standard, uh, which, which is the most basic thing that every window has to be tested for. Uh, So it's AS2047. Uh, Any window that's being sold here in Australia needs to comply with that or at least be tested to the equivalent, although there's not much around that's actually equivalent. And that tests a few things. So, There's actually five tests. So the first test looks at uh, structural performance. So it actually measures the structural member of the window. So if you think of a window that's, let's say, 1200 high by 1800 wide, and we have one mullion or, you know, one vertical piece down the middle, what they do is measure the deflection of that uh, that mullion. <clears throat> so they put the window into a test rig and they pump the pressure up and it it, it just measures how far that deflects at different pressures. So mm-hmm. that actually then says, well, here's where I can use my window around Australia because we have different wind loads on different sites. So, yeah. you know, a window in Melbourne, as an example, you can't necessarily use in somewhere like Cairns that's cyclonic and so forth. So it tests that. Yeah. So that's the first test. The second test is is uh, uh, operational force. So for a sliding door, as an example, you know, there's a, an, a measurement, uh, a maximum force to firstly get that door to start rolling and then to continue it to roll so that's measured as well uh the next test is your and we haven't mentioned this one yet but uh, water penetration Mm. Uh, so ever seen a window leak before
1: (laughs) more than a few occasions
0: (laughs) yeah so so they've got to have a, a minimum performance of they've got to be able to have a handle 150 pascals so within the test rig uh, they put the pressure up to that 150 and they spray water at a, uh, a particular amount over the face of the window. And it's got to not leak, not have any uncontrolled water coming inside the window uh, for a period of time. Uh, and obviously they then keep pumping the pressure up and uh, see how far the window can go. So you can have windows... So, standard and the minimum is 150 pascals, uh, but there's windows around that do 300, 400, 500, 600 pascals Mm. without leaking. But they're obviously very different systems, one to the other. The the fifth thing that they actually test for AS2047 is um, an ultimate wind pressure, basically. So, ultimate limit state wind pressure. So, on each site through other standards, on each site around Australia, there will be the serviceability. Uh, pressure. That's the first one we spoke about. So measuring the deflection. The last one is that no matter what comes, you don't want the window to collapse. So they actually pump the pressure right up and make sure the window doesn't fail. But then we've got other, Oh, and the, sorry, I didn't mention that was only four. One of those tests is also air infiltration. So they actually measure how much air comes out. Uh, But there's other things that we have to test for too. So acoustic performance. Uh, so yeah. you can test for how a window performs acoustically. So they basically have a wall uh, that doesn't transfer any sound, put a window in the middle of it, uh, put sound on one side and measure what's coming through the other side in, yeah. in the most basic form. And that'll give you a uh, an RW value. <clears throat> so you can ask all your window suppliers for an RW value of, of their systems. There's lots and lots of acoustic tested products. Uh, then bushfires, another one. So... Mm. Um, AS thirty nine fifty nine is the bushfire standard. Uh, so there's prescriptive measures in that standard for windows. Uh, so you can follow those. But once you start to get up to the higher bell levels, like twenty nine and uh, and forty, uh, beyond it, when you go beyond that to FZ, there's minimal Can't products windows. To do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the prescriptive provisions really, it, it's 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 very hard to get a window to look any good like with the screening and everything with those prescriptive provisions so there's a 1530.8.1 and point two that are actually a physical test for windows for bushfires yeah. so you put a window in a rig and then they burn it and it's got to last and they measure the temperature coming through and yeah. make sure no smoke's coming through and all that sort of stuff so really tough test and those tests are you know 30 to 40 thousand dollars a test so Wow. that's why wow. some companies do it don't do it just a lot of money and there's only i think there's only two maybe three places in australia that actually do those tests yeah but you'll find that most most of the bigger system suppliers so upvc suppliers uh, aluminium uh, some of the bigger timber window companies uh, have actually tested products uh certainly up to Bell 40 and so yeah. it takes away those screening things that you have to do in the prescriptive provisions. So you still get a pretty normal-looking and functioning window. Uh, and there's only a couple, uh, maybe one uh, window system that's passed the FZ test, and that was uh, PAR Window in Ballarat Um, but that was a pretty special window I can tell you that that's the (laughs) massive heat that they put them through yeah so there's those bushfire tests as well and then there's fire testing as well but for the fire tests where they've got to last so long you know it's generally steel windows that have um, had those sorts of tests not your normal uh, residential or commercial windows so lots of there's lots of testing oh uh, and I didn't mention energy performance so energy performance—it's uh, we follow the Australian Fenestration Rating Council uh, procedures and protocols, uh, and it's actually a simulation. It's not a test, but it's based on mm. uh, the American AFRC system, where they've done you know hundreds of thousands of tests. So the software that's been created—it's—it's uh, it's, it's so close to actual performance that. Uh, we can now simulate. So so all windows in Australia have to be simulated to those AFRC protocols.
1: Uh, and further to that, Gary, does it mean that it's voluntary to then ensure that your product um, from window supplies products are tested as built?
0: Yeah, that, look, that, absolutely. So, I mean, what, what you can get and what sometimes you see is that a product's been tested, but the manufacturer is not actually making those windows as per the test. So it's Mm. maybe not relevant, but you don't know that because the company's still got a test to show you. Uh, So so the only thing we really have here in Australia to to make sure that the stuff being made is the same as the stuff that was tested uh, is um, the uh, Australian Glass and Window Association have a a NATA third party accreditation scheme so what they do so members and it's not you don't have to do it it's voluntary to be a member um, but what you have to do is uh, you have to be audited every year when you're a a part of that the association a member of that scheme so a a, an independent guy comes in looks at uh, what was tested and all the paperwork all the different components of the window and then looks at what that manufacturer is manufacturing and makes sure it's the same
1: yeah, so for people who are looking to
0: to buy um, or build a house and, and get windows for their house, that's something that they could look for in a supplier, that they're part of this voluntary scheme to actually know that the, the, the windows are properly tested? So all the system suppliers, all their products are tested. Uh, so you've got to ask for AS2047 test reports and they, they need to provide them as a uh, supplier of windows here. Uh, or if you want that extra comfort that you're getting what uh, what you think you're getting, yeah. you could jump onto the Window and Glass Association website and there's a listing of all the members there. So they're all a part of the uh, third-party accreditation scheme. Yeah. There's also a uh, mandatory labelling requirement, which is part of the building code. So every window sold here in Australia, every window and door, uh, as in sliding doors and so forth, will, should have a label on it with the structural performance and the water penetration resistance. But, uh,
1: you know, what are your thoughts on single glazing in Australia?
0: Look, it fulfilled a purpose because single glazing keeps the wind out, it keeps the rain out. Uh, but as soon as we started moving to uh, thermally improving the building envelope, uh, and we did, we started off... Uh, you know, in the building code, you had to put ceiling insulation in. That was the, the first move and you saw a, a massive upturn on how houses performed. Uh, then it was all the walls and we looked at uh, under the floor and slabs and so forth. Uh, but what we, and we still haven't done this, uh, but what we didn't do is when you've got a building envelope that's performing really well, how's it going to perform really well when you've got uh, poor performing windows so you've got all these thermal wounds around the building envelope so yeah. so single glazing has run its course in my opinion you know no point in building a uh, you know energy efficient home and actually leaving holes everywhere yeah is
1: double glazing now like obviously you feel that should be the standard is that something that um, you feel will just continue to just evolve as well in australia like
0: i think it it will evolve and i i know from a uh an industry point of view there was a push to have like there's no you've got a minimum requirement for ceilings and walls for insulation there's no minimum requirement for windows it just here's what falls out like say you know you do your first rate report or that report whatever it is and whatever you can get away with with the windows then it's it's okay well you know, it's really silly because I'll go. I'll keep saying the you know the terminology of thermal wounds. You're leaving a thermal wound. Any anyone that's uh, that's building a home that goes into any window company uh, and actually has some sort of uh, input into the windows that they're getting, if they come in with a plan, uh, and I've seen stuff where you know in a big living area you might have eight windows and three of them are double glazed because. Uh, because that got you the six star or five star mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Yeah. And you say to the owner, well, you say, well, that's, that's good to have those three there. See, these other five, they're just letting all the performance out anyway. So, what would you like to do? Well, They say it every time we'll just double glaze it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I know that uh, in some of the early discussions around how we're going to navigate to get to seven stars in the National Construction Code for our energy rating. Um, that windows were the, were the number one um, you know, way to achieve that as a singular sort of item or approach. So yeah, that like double glazing, it's, uh, it's certainly, and particularly the type of frame as well, but I won't get bogged down in that. But um, yeah, implementing that in was probably the one way that we could actually get to that seven star.
0: So uh, if you look at what New Zealand did and, and you talk to anyone about New Zealand and the building requirements there and they go, oh, double glazing is mandatory. That's not actually what they did. What they did was set a minimum performance.
1: Yeah,
0: and if you could do a single thing that perform like that, we'll go ahead and use it. But yeah, you know, it's known and proven scientifically that there isn't one that can do it. Yeah. and so uh, as an industry, you know, we're probably dis- we don't mind going to seven star from six star, but we're disappointed that for that that one one item in the building envelope, they won't set a minimum performance. It, it's like they don't want to go from single to double glazed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad you've you've talked about that, Gary, because you know that's a big thing to for people to understand as well as that there isn't a performance standard set for windows. And to be honest, I did I wasn't aware of that myself. I actually thought that that was a part of the the calculation of, for say, hers that that needed to. But it, you're right, it, it, there isn't one now. I reflect on you know looking at the National Construction Code, there isn't one in there, is there? So no. that that really needs to be something that we look at.
0: Um, so triple glazing. Well, you know, it's it just once again lists the performance. I spoke about, you know, double glazed UPVC with uh, U values of around, uh, you know, 1.6 to 1.9 yeah. uh, with double glazing, you know, soft coat low E. If you start to do uh, double low E, triple glazed products, you can get down around one U yeah. value. So, so it's a good... It's a good improvement. Uh, is it needed here at the moment? I'd much rather see us get rid of single glazing and yeah. move to double glazing first. Uh, there are people that buy triple glazing. You know, the passive house movement here in Australia, uh, it, people that are going for accredited passive house, uh, depending on the climate zone, but they're using triple glazed. Uh, some of the really big mansions that are being built and, you know, people care about what they're putting in Uh lots of triple glaze there even though it's only a very small part of the market uh cost wise and and i can only talk from you know uh from ultimate windows point of view cost wise it's about 30 percent extra on top of double glazed uh and you know you you get your performance down to a, a u value of about one
1: thank you for listening to the outlier podcast You can find helpful links and contact information regarding this episode in our show notes and on our website, outlierstudio.com.au forward slash podcast. If you like our show, please leave a review and make sure you subscribe to never miss a new episode. If you have further questions for us or would want to share some additional feedback, please feel free to DM us on Instagram or Facebook. Until next time on the Outlier Podcast.